0: You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Barack Obama slams defund the police. It's kind of a term that's nothing more than just basically a snappy term. Let's get into it. If you're new here, I'm Sean Reynolds. I'm the owner of Summit Properties Northwest, Reynolds and Klein Appraisal, and your host of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. If you're not new, if you are a repeat offender, thanks for being here. You just hit uh, 6.5 million views on the YouTube. No idea how we're doing on the podcast. Actually, I do. We're in the top 20 percentile of all podcasts emerging and are my genre or whatever. I don't know. We're doing pretty good. And that's because you guys are tuning in. You're downloading. You're watching on the YouTube. Thanks for being here. Let's jump on into it. So this is this is a story that I saw. Uh, I think it was yesterday in the New York Post, and it's been carried by a bunch of outlets. And the reason I'm talking about it is why do we care what a former president says about defund the police? Here in Seattle, we basically did just defund the police, our mayor, Mayor Jenny Durkin, she signed the 2021 budget yesterday, I believe it was, Um, it, it was form, it's been formalized in the last week or so, and she signed it. And we defunded the police by depends on what what news outlet you look at, they defunded the police somewhere between 17, 18, or 20%. Now, S- Seattle's got a massive budget like any big city does. And so trying to figure out what those numbers actually mean, are you attributing this money to the police department, taking it away, all that good stuff, or bad stuff, kind of depending how on how you see it. Um, that's what happened. So we defunded the police, not by a lot, not by a lot, but and way, way less And what the protesters this summer were demanding that we do now, which was defund the Seattle Police Department by 50%, because that is a social experiment that we all want to see play out and just kind of, let's see what happens if you cut the budget in half. All those police officers, we don't need them. We think that this is the way to go. Send out some social workers instead. Just find out how that goes. I, I don't know. It is a social experiment that is not going to end well. And guess what? We are already recognizing that defund the police, that's not, if you want some police reform, that's fine. That's one thing, but you need to spend some more money because you need to get some more training in there, right? Hold the police accountable for their actions, teach them how to act, not kneel on people's necks, that kind of thing. If you want that to happen, you got to spend some more money, not take away from the budget, not take away. Add. And that I think is, is I, I think if you look at the underlying things that are going on in Seattle, people are recognizing, oh, yeah, I mean, even the mayor is like, oh, yeah, if you have XYZ number of police officers that are not on the street, we can't cover XYZ crimes. If we are not allowed to do new hires, because we're already down like 144 police officers. And it's probably more like 100 and, 55 160 right now in seattle and we're supposed to be down by 200 police officers by the end of the year Gone, they're just saying you know what? You guys want to defund us you guys want to throw rocks at us you guys want to Do crazy stuff you want to try and bomb our police station. We're forced to give up our police station We don't want to be cops in seattle anymore. We don't want to be cops here 144 of them so far. I think in september the number was 39 cops quit are like, yep, we're done. We're out. And right now we've got a ton of blue flu going on because those police officers are like, you know what? Before I take off and move to a jurisdiction that really appreciates law enforcement like anywhere else. No, that's not true. LA, same thing. Chicago, same thing. New York, defunding the police. That's what you got going on. But no, police officers, they're taking all their paid time and they're looking for other options and like, uh, if I'm going to lose all this vacation time, sick time, whatever it is, personal days off because use those up. I mean, it's just smart business, right? Can't blame them for that. But there's a lot of cops that I bet you have one foot out the door. They have one and a half feet out the door, but you can't have half foot out the door. Well, maybe you can over the threshold. That's what's going on. A lot of cops quitting. Barack Obama basically stating in an online interview, it's a snappy movement. Don't say, don't say you defund the police and have everybody go, Oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's jump on into it. Barack Obama trashed the defund the police movement, calling it a snappy crack catchphrase. That's more interested in making people feel good than creating change. I think that's a lot of what happened this summer is people were frustrated. They were frustrated at the George Floyd and a bunch of other killings that have happened. And they're like, this is an easy slogan defund the police. All right, we want some change. This is how we're going to relate that to in these protests defund the police it's simple It's three words. It's got defund. It's got the police got that whole thing in there. Let's just say it a lot. And arguably, is it making people feel good? Yeah, If, if that's your thing, probably is. The former president sounded off about police reform in two new interviews out this week. In one on Snapchat's politics show, Good Luck America, Obama was asked if he had words of advice for new age activists who believe in the defund the police movement. I guess you can use a snappy slogan like defund the police, but you know, you lost a big audience the minute you say it, which makes it a lot less likely that you're going to actually get the changes you want done, he said. I'm not a huge Barack Obama fan. Most of you guys out there are not either. Lean a little more right than center or left. Barack Obama, I don't know, good guy, nice guy, great kids, got a nice wife, but not not my guy. But when he says stuff like this, you're like, ah, you know what? That actually makes sense. It does. You know why? Because it's logical. It makes sense. We're adults defunding the police terrible idea you want some police reform that's fine that's fine go that direction but defund the police it just makes people think ah oh, yeah let's cut a lot of police from our police department because we don't really need them if you don't need the police in your police department hey great fine save the taxpayers some money and put it to use a homeless project whatever but here in seattle we've got crime going through the roof we've got homicides going up in record numbers. And we're defunding the police, meaning that when crimes do happen, we're not able to get to them. A lot of crimes that normally we'd investigate, those individual little, um, I'm not going to say uh, departments, crime departments, that's not the right word, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, we got a nine, group of nine guys and, and police women who are investigating sex crimes, you know, special units, that kind of thing. Those people are basically all... Being put on the ground, their foot patrol, whatever it is, on the streets, and that's what we're having to do because between the number of cops that are quitting and the defunding, don't have enough guys on the ground to make Seattle safe. So, big city, we got big city crime. Defunding the police, not where we want to be, but that's where we're at, and that's what we're going for now. How long will it take for just a bunch of hideous crimes to happen and the police department to go well? We kind of told you this was going to happen. What did you expect? Obama suggested activists take a different messaging approach. All right, let's see what he says. The key is deciding do you want to actually get something done or do you want to feel good among the people you already agree with? Does that make sense? That actually does make sense to me. Because if you're in a group when you're protesting and when this past summer when I went to CHOP a bunch of times and when I went down to Portland and saw the chaos there, you you really are in a group of people and it's really noticeable when you are a middle-aged white dude and you're amongst a group of people, not your peers, and they are doing all these chants. You're like, these people all believe a certain way. This isn't how I believe. This isn't what I believe. But I want to be here because I want to see firsthand and be able to explain to people down the road, what it was that I actually saw not what CNN's telling me, not what CNBC is telling me, see, telling me, not what Fox is telling me, but what I saw. And it, it was exactly that. It was a lot of people saying chants with other people that already agreed with it. How does that happen across the board? Yeah, you go to a sports game, you're a sports fan, you chant because you cheer because you're you're fans, you're all fans of the one group. Yeah, you might have the opposing team fans, and you get into tussles with them, and people get drunk, and things happen. That happens, of course. Same thing at the protest. You had people, oftentimes grouped in clusters. And you had those fringe people over here, the counter protesters. That's what happens at a protest. But it was really obvious to me that oh man, this these are not my people. This is not this isn't my gig. But I wanted to see it, and that's why I was there. And I was glad I was there. It was a little dangerous gotta be honest, there were times where I'm like, yeah, this isn't good. When it was really scary is when people come up to me and thank me for being there live streaming. And all I could think of is you don't really know my deal. Because I'm not your biggest fan. I'm probably not a guy you want to be thanking for being here. But you know, whatever. We all got along at the end of the day. And if you want to get something done in a democracy, we're back to President, former President Obama, if you want to get something to get done in a democracy in a country as big and as diverse as ours, then you've got to be able to meet people where they are and play a game of addition and not subtraction. So you got to be able to add something to the equation. What are you adding? Not taking away, adding. Basic politics. That makes sense to me. In a separate interview with April Ryan, I don't know who April Ryan is. Am I being a moron? Don't know who that is. White House, White House correspondent. I should just read the next three words, right? Sometimes I get ahead of myself and realize, just shut up and read the news. In a separate interview with April Ryan, White House correspondent and DC Bureau Chief for American Urban Radio Networks and a cnn political analyst obama discussed the hot topic of police reform the two-term democratic commander-in-chief dredged up comments he made in 2009 about the arrest of black harvard professor henry lewis gates the junior which sent the then president's approval ratings on a slide obama at the time said he believed police acted stupidly by arresting gates at his cambridge massachusetts home after the academic was mistaken for a burglar by a neighbor I remember that vaguely, I don't know. I don't know if I knew the full deal there didn't really pay much attention to this. Um, Yeah, just wasn't on my radar. You guys probably know way more about that than I do. I commented during a press conference about the fact that well, you know, I think the Cambridge police probably acted stupidly in arresting somebody in their own home, a 60 year old man that posed no threat. Obama told Ryan in a Monday interview, and this became a big controversy. Just the fact that I was seen as questioning the police really upset a bunch of folks. And I think it indicated the degree to which the issue, the issue of police relations with minority communities, and the black community in particular is always a hot topic, he said. That's that is true it's it's always a hot topic in the black community. Are there other communities where it's such a hot topic? No, I don't think so. In the white communities? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm a white guy, how would I know? I, I and I've said many, many, many times, I can't know what it's like to walk a day in a person of color shoes, just can't do it. But I can read and I can be around these events. And I can try and understand what they're talking about and what they're feeling and what they're sensing so that's what I can do as a middle aged white guy. And I can talk about it here and share with you guys what I think and get your feedback and go, oh, Okay, well, maybe we can see it that way. Because you can't just be a jerk and be kind of one sided and just pop off and say stuff all day long, without having a little bit of give and take. So that's what's fun about doing a podcast as well as you're like, you get some feedback. of What were you thinking on that one? Man, how are you so far out in left field on that one? Ah, well, it's kind of what I think. And because I'm talking about what I'm thinking here, sometimes for 40 minutes at a pop, I say stuff and people are that one sentence you said at 16 minutes and 32 seconds. What did you mean by that? And I'll be like, ah, that was like 65 podcasts ago. And I don't really know. But here's what I think I was probably saying. Do my things do things in my head change? Yeah, of course. Of course they do. But You know, for the most part, um, I think what I think, and I share it with you guys, and you guys seem to like, we're gonna, we're just gonna keep doing it. That's what we're doing. Just the fact that I was seen as questioning the police really upset a bunch of folks. All right. It's something that unearths or escalates fears within the white population that somehow the African American community is going to get out of control in some way or is not respecting authority. Peter Hampton's interview with Obama aired Wednesday, the three part series will air through Friday. So there's more of that that's going to be coming out. Um, but here in Seattle, and you guys pointed out all day long to me in the comments on YouTube, that Seattle is at the end of its rope, that it is filled with a bunch of morons who have elected morons for our city political leaders. I can't really argue that one. Um, because a lot of the stuff that I see politically happening, it's like, Oh, my gosh, how much longer do we need to have this kind of keep going? And Seattle basically be the laughing stock of the Western Hemisphere. I mean, we were this summer with chop. I mean, oh, what a that was a that was a train wreck that ended in murder, right? Just happened. It just did it just that's kind of where it went, and from that we've got the whole defund the police, and we're at a we're at a real, real turning point here in Seattle because now we've defunded the police. Now we're just going to see how that goes. We're going to see in action and across the United States. I know another a, a, a number of other cities have done the same thing, and when you hear defund. I, my initial reaction was get get rid of the police. What do you mean by defund? No, it basically just means take some money away and put it towards other causes that people think are going to have a better chance of taking care of business for lack of any other better words. The police can't seem to do it. They can't seem to get it right. I think most of the time they do, but they do screw up. They are human beings. Do they screw up more often than not? I think people in the black community would say yes. Yes, that is the case. Um, I don't have any personal knowledge of that because I'm not black. But I can read and all the stuff that I've read in so many of the cases, the whole Breonna Taylor thing, I couldn't figure out where the liability was on the police department. A lot of people want to say, well, they entered on, an, on a no knock warrant. Well, no, they didn't. And you just kind of keep going down, down on the line. You look at the big picture of those events. And it's like the cops kind of did what they were supposed to do. They did kill somebody. Yep. But when you get shot first in the leg, in an artery, you're going to fire back. If you're a cop going in on a known drug bust scenario, the whole warrant that day was a bunch of criminals. Breonna Taylor wasn't on there. But, you know, her ex-boyfriend, I think it was. um, Definitely was, and he was arrested. And so you've got all these situations where you're like, well, now, wait a minute, hold on. Let's look at the big picture here, and then people want to say, "Okay, but yeah, you're a, you're a white middle-aged business owner. What do you know about that?" I know what I read, I know what I see, I know what I hear, and that's that's basically all I can relate to you. So I I thought it was interesting that um, Barack Obama basically said, "Defund the police." Don't use a snappy slogan. If you want to have a realistic discussion about the changes you want to see, let's talk about that. Uh, it's interesting that he didn't say one way or the other. Hey, we should be defunding the police. He basically said, let's call it what it is. It's a slogan that happened that has happened. But realize that when you say something like defund the police, other people are going to have an adverse reaction. And you're not going to get what you want. Because people when people hear you say that they think, all right, that's not something I want to have done in my community. Because guess what? I like the police. I like being safe. I like being able to call 911. And have the police come. That's something that's happening here in Seattle. The 911 call center is being taken out of the police department, and they're going to put it somewhere else. And we're maybe going to start sending out social workers. Social workers. Ah, oh, I do not understand that one. But and again, I don't. I don't understand a lot of stuff in Seattle. I don't understand all the graffiti. I don't understand all the homelessness that just allows to run rampant. But that's what we're doing. That's what we're experiencing. And as these stories come about, and I try and follow up on them as best I can. Because if I see a, a like a part two of a story, I want to bring it up because I want to, you know, fill people in. All right. So here's what I said about that story. Here's where I was wrong, because I'm wrong all the time. I mean, you know, you always see people saying oh, I scored 10,000 points in my career. But what you didn't see is I missed 50,000 shots in order to get there. So I cover a lot of stories, I cover a lot of stuff, and it's taken me a while to kind of get into that, into that uh, kind of mindset where I, where I understand a lot of these stories. I mean, I think I do a lot of people think oh, you're an idiot. Well, you don't have to watch me, or you don't have to download me in the podcast if you think I'm an idiot. That's okay, you're entitled to your opinion. But I have far more people who are like, hey, I like your content, keep going. So that's what I do. And a lot of the stuff I talk about is from a business background. It's from a real estate background. It's from a small business background, because that's what I know. So that's why you guys are here. And thank you for being here. So, and as these topics continue to kind of roll, and I've got a better, you know, slightly better handle on them, because I've been covering them now daily since March, it'll be interesting to see when I hit a, a year this coming March where we sit views wise and how many of you guys are still here. Maybe you're like, you know, that guy was interesting for like half a minute and then he got boring because he started talking about all this other stuff that I don't really care about. I wanted to hear about real estate, said nobody ever. Let's be honest. So that is something very interesting is that the podcast I do specifically on, on real estate, even though it's a Seattle real estate podcast, people don't want to hear that stuff. You know why? Because it's not juicy. It's not exciting. It's not like, oh, look at the train wreck going on in Seattle. Let's see what Sean has to say about that. Yeah, you guys, you want to hear the juicy stuff? And I don't blame you. But there are times where it's real estate, and I'm going to talk about that kind of stuff. So you can bear with me as I kind of go through these topics. And I'm also constantly going, all right, do the guys want it, guys and gals? Because we've actually got a lot more women that are watching ladies. Should I say ladies? How would you like to be referred to? Ladies or women? I don't know. I, I do the best I can. But ladies and women, thanks for, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I try and figure out what the best stories are, and I try and take a guess at what people really want to see, what people want to hear, what people want to engage with. And so I'm in a constant process of, I don't know how many news stories I read. It's Not as many as Tim Pool, because um, he's like 16 hours a day. He must read hundreds of news stories a day. But then he also goes out and verifies them. He, he literally verifies them. He's got a team of people and he's got three different podcasts, all of them, somewhere around a million subscribers. That's the real meal deal. But he also doesn't have a life. I have a life. I come in here, I, I do my podcast, I run a couple of businesses, talk to people, do stuff. But I really like doing the podcasts. But as the stories come out, I have to kind of make a decision. Is my listening audience, is my viewing audience, are they going to engage with this topic? That's what I'm constantly kind of working my way through is does this make sense? Do these people care? And it's pretty apparent when you guys don't care about something because a lot of times it, it is real estate related. But so I try and take topics that have to do with real estate, have to do with small business, but are interesting because otherwise you're not going to tune in. You're going to be like, oh, that guy's boring. Next because let's be honest, we all watch something for maybe a few minutes. And then if it's not a good topic, if it's not interesting, what do we do? We move on. Because we all have the attention span of a gnat, which I'm going to assume isn't very long, a couple of minutes. I mean, I can't tell you, all right, I look at my watch. I look at my watch, which is on this wrist, left wrist, not the right wrist, which I just pointed to for those of you on the podcast. I look at my watch and go, all right, I got half an hour. Let's make it count. And then I got to go do something. What am I going to watch? All right. Two minutes in. Boom. Next. That, not interesting. Boom. Next. I want to make my topics interesting. So you guys stick with me because I want to have people watch stuff. I'm like anybody else. I'm not doing this to do the to sit here and watch it because I never watch my own content. It's awkward. It's like, oh, who is that guy? What is that guy talking about? That guy knows nothing. He's a moron. I'm not going to watch him. Next. I'm like, I'm like everybody else. I'm just super harsh, super critical. And when you watch your own stuff, it is difficult. It's like, oh, why did I say that? Why did I look that? Why did I wear that shirt? You're looking fat, Sean. Ah, oh, what's your problem? Critical, critical. Thank you for being here. Sorry about this long nonsense at the end, but this is kind of what a lot of people are saying they want to hear is personal touches of what's going on. This is what's going on. Doing my best. Thanks again for being here. I'm going to catch up with you guys on the next one. Bye for now. Have a good one. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.